Book Four, Canto Three, The Legend of Campbell and Telamond. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sheila Morton, Jefferson City, Tennessee. The Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer, Book Four, The Legend of Campbell and Telamond, Canto Three. The battle twixt three brethren, with Campbell for Canacy, Cambina with true friendship's bond, doth their long strife agree. O oh, why do wretched men so much desire to draw their days unto the utmost date, and do not rather wish them soon expire, knowing the misery of their estate, and thousand perils which them still await? tossing them like a boat amid the main, that every hour they knock at death's gate. And he that happy seems and least in pain, yet is as nigh his end as he that most doth plain. Therefore this fay I hold but fond and vain, the which in seeking for her children three, long life thereby did more prolong their pain. Yet whilst they lived, none did ever see more happy creatures than they seemed to be, nor more ennobled for their courtesy that made them dearly loved of each degree, nay, more renowned for their chivalry that made them dreaded much of all men far and me. These three that hardy challenge took in hand for Canacy with Campbell for to fight. The day was set that all might understand and pledges pawned the same to keep aright. That day, the dreadest day that living white did ever see upon this world to shine. So soon as heaven's window showed light, these warlike champions all in armor shine, assembled were in field the challenge to define. The field with lists was all about enclosed to bar the press of people far away, and at the one side Six judges were disposed to view and deem the deeds of arms that day, and on the other side, in fresh array, fair Canacy upon a stately stage was set to see the fortune of that fray, and to be seen as his most worthy wage that could her purchase with his lives adventured gage. Then entered Campbell, first into the list, with stately steps and fearless countenance, as if the conquest his he surely wist. Soon after did the brethren three advance, in brave array and goodly eminence, with scutcheons gilt and banners broad displayed, and marching thrice in warlike ordinance, thrice loaded lowly to the noble maid, the whiles shrill trumpets and loud clarions sweetly played which Don the doughty challenger came forth, all armed to point his challenge to a bet, against whom Sir Priamond with equal worth and equal arms himself did forward set. A trumpet blew, they both together met, with dreadful force and furious intent, careless of peril in their fears affret, as if that life to loose they had forelent, and cared not to spare that should be shortly spent. Right practic was Sir Priamond in fight, and thoroughly skilled in use of shield and spear. No less approved was Cambelo's might, no less his skill in weapons did appear, that hard it was to ween which harder were. 
Full many mighty strokes on either side were sent, that seemed death in them to bear. But they were both so watchful and well-eyed, that they avoided were, and vainly by did slide. Yet one of many was so strongly bent by Priamond, that with unlucky glance through Campbell's shoulder it unwarily went, that forced him to his shield to disadvance. Much was he grieved with that graceless chance, yet from the wound no drop of blood there fell, but wondrous pain that did the more enhance his heighty courage to avengement fell. Smart daunts not mighty hearts, but makes them more to swell. With that his poignant spear he fierce aventured, with double force close underneath his shield, that through the mails into his thigh it entered, and there arresting ready way did yield, for blood to gush forth on the grassy field, that he himself for pain now outright uprear, but to and fro in great amazement reeled, like an old oak whose pith and sap is sear, at puff of every storm does stagger here and there whom so dismayed when campbell had espied again he drove at him with double might that not mote stay the still till in his side the mortal point most cruelly impite where fast infixed whilst he sought by slight it forth to rest the staff asunder break and left the head behind with which despite he all enraged his shivering spear did shake and charging him afresh thus felly him bespake Lo, Fator, there thy meed unto thee take, the meed of thy mischallenge and abet. Not for thine own, but for thy sister's sake, have I thus long thy life unto thee let. But to forbear doth not forgive the debt. The wicked weapon heard his wrathful vow, and passing forth with furious affret, pierced through his bever quite into his brow, that with the force it backward forced him to bow. Therewith asunder in the midst it brast, and in his hand naught but the truncheon left. The other half behind, yet sticking fast, out of his headpiece Campbell fiercely reft, and with such fury back at him he heft, that making way unto his dearest life, his weazen pipe it through his gorget cleft. Thence streams of purple blood issuing rife let forth his weary ghost, and made an end of strife. His weary ghost, assoiled from fleshly band, did not, as others want, directly fly unto her rest in Pluto's grisly land, nay into air did vanish presently, nay changed was into a star in sky, but through traduction was Efsun's derived, like as his mother prayed the destiny, into his other brethren that survived, in whom he lived anew of former life deprived whom, when on ground his brother next beheld, though sad and sorry for so heavy sight, yet leave unto his sorrow did not yield, but rather stirred to vengeance and despite, through secret feeling of his generous sprite, rushed fiercely forth the battle to renew, as in reversion of his brother's right and challenging the virgin as his due, his foe was soon addressed, the trumpets freshly blew. With that they both together fiercely met, as if that each meant other to devour. 
and with their axes both so sorely bet that neither plate nor mail whereas their power they felt could once sustain the hideous stour but rived were like rotten wood asunder whilst through their rifts the ruddy blood did shower and fire did flash like lightning after thunder that filled the lookers-on autants with ruth and wonder as when two tigers pricked with hunger's rage have by good fortune found some beasts fresh spoil on which they wean their famine to assuage and gain a feastful gordon of their toil both falling out do stir up strifle broil and cruel battle twixt themselves do make whiles neither lets the other touch the soil but either deigns with other to partake so cruelly these knights strove for that lady's sake full many strokes that mortally were meant the wiles were interchanged twixt them two yet they were all with so good wariment or warded or avoided and let go that still the life stood fearless of her foe till diamond disdaining long delay of doubtful fortune wavering to and fro resolved to end it one or other way and heaved his murderous axe at him with mighty sway the dreadful stroke in case it had arrived where it was meant so deadly it was meant the soul had sure out of his body rived and stinted all the strife incontinent but campbell's fate that fortune did prevent for seeing it at hand he swerved aside and so gave way unto his fell intent who missing of the mark which he had eyed was with the force nigh felled whilst his right foot did slide as when a vulture greedy of his prey through hunger long that heart to him doth lend strikes at an heron with all his body's sway that from his force seems not may it defend the wary fowl that spies him toward bend his dreadful souse avoids it shunning light and maketh him his wing in vain to spend that with the weight of his own wieldless might he falleth nigh to ground and scarce recovereth flight which fair adventure when cambello spied full lightly ere himself he could recover from danger's dread toward his naked side he can let drive at him with all his power and with his axe him smote in evil hour that from his shoulders quite his head he reft the headless trunk as heedless of that stour stood still a while and his fast footing kept till feeling life to fell it fell and deadly slept they which that piteous spectacle beheld were much amazed the headless trunk to see stand up so long and weapon vain to weld unweeting of the fate's divine decree for life's succession in those brethren three for notwithstanding that one soul was reft yet had the body not dismembered be it would have lived and revived eft but finding no fit seat the lifeless course it left it left but that same soul which therein dwelt straight entering into triamond him filled with double life and grief which when he felt as one whose inner parts had been thrilled with point of steel that close his heart blood spilled he lightly leapt out of his place of rest and rushing forth into the empty field against cambolo fiercely him addressed who him affronting soon to fight was ready pressed well mochi wonder how that noble knight after he had so often wounded ben could stand on foot now to renew the fight 
but had ye then him forth advancing seen some new-born white ye would him surely wean so fresh he seemed and so fierce in sight like as a snake whom weary winter's teen hath warned not now feeling summer's might casts off his ragged skin and freshly doth him dight all was through virtue of the ring he wore the which not only did not from him let one drop of blood to fall but did restore his weakened powers and dulled spirits wet through working of the stone therein is set else how could one of equal might with most against so many no less mighty met once think to match three such on equal cost three such as able were to match a puissant host yet not thereof was triamond a dread nay desperate of glorious victory but sharply him assailed and sore bestead with heaps of strokes which he at him let fly as thick as hail forth poured from the sky he stroke he sussed he feigned he hewed he lashed and did his ron brond so fast apply that from the same the fiery sparkles flashed as fast as water sprinkles gainst a rock are dashed much was cambello daunted with his blows so thick they fell and forcibly were spent that he was forced from danger of the throes back to retire and somewhat to relent till the heat of his fierce fury he had spent which when for want of breath again to abate he then afresh with new encouragement did him assail and mightily amate as fast as forward erst now backward to retreat like as the tide that comes from the ocean main flows up the sheenan with contrary force and overruling him in his own reign drives back the current of his kindly course and makes it seem to have some other source but when the flood is spent then back again his borrowed waters forced to redisperse he sends the sea his own with double gain and tribute equithal as to his sovereign thus did the battle vary to and fro with diverse fortune doubtful to be deemed now this the better had now had his foe then he hath vanquished then the others seemed yet victors both themselves always esteemed and all the while the disentrailed blood adown their sides like little rivers streamed that with the wasting of his vital flood sir triamond at last full faint and feeble stood but campbell still more strong and greater grew nay felt his blood to wast nay powers imperished through that ring's virtue that with vigour knew still when as he enfeebled was him cherished and all his wounds and all his bruises garished like as a withered tree through husband's toil is often seen full freshly to have flourished and fruitful apples to have borne a while as fresh as when it first was planted in the soil through which advantage in his strength he rose and smote the other with so wondrous might that through the seam which did his hauberk close into his throat and life it pierced quite that down he fell as dead in all men's sight yet dead he was not yet he sure did die as all men do that lose the living sprite so did one soul out of his body fly unto her native home from mortal misery but nevertheless while all the lookers-on him dead bethight 
as he to all appeared, all unawares he started up anon, as one that had out of a dream been reared, and fresh assailed his foe, who half afeared of the uncouth sight, as he some ghost had seen, stood still amazed, holding his idle sword, till having often by him stricken been, he forced was to strike, and save himself from teen. Yet from thenceforth more warily he fought, as one in fear, the Stygian gods to offend. They followed on so fast, but rather sought himself to save, and danger to defend, than life and labor both in vain to spend. Which Triamon, perceiving, wounded sure, he gan to faint toward the battle's end, and that he should not long on foot endure a sign which did to him the victory assure. Whereof full blith of soons his mighty hand he heaved on high, in mind with that same blow, to make an end of all that did withstand. Which Campbell seeing come was nothing slow himself to save from that so deadly throw, and at that instant reaching forth his sword, close underneath his shield that scarce did show, stroke him as he his hand to strike upreared, in the armpit full that through both sides the wound appeared. Yet still that direful stroke kept on its way, and falling heavy on Cambolo's crest, stroke him so hugely that in swoon he lay, and in his head an hideous wound impressed. And sure had it not happily found rest upon the brim of his broad-plated shield, it would have cleft his brain down to his breast. So both at once fell dead upon the field, and each to other seemed the victory to yield. Which when, as all the lookers-on beheld, they weened sure the war was at an end, and judges rose and marshals of the field broke up the lists, their arms away to rend, and Canacee gan well her dearest friend. All suddenly they both upstarted light, the one out of the swound which him did blend, the other breathing now another sprite, and fiercely each assailing gan afresh to fight. Long while they then continued in that wise, as if but then the battle had begun. Strokes, wounds, wards, weapons, all they did despise. Nay, either cared to ward, or peril shown, desirous both to have the battle done. Nay, either cared life to save or spill, nay, which of them did win, nay, which were won. So weary both of fighting had their feel, that life itself seemed loathsome and long safety ill. Whilst thus the case in doubtful balance hung, unsure to whether side it would incline, and all men's eyes and hearts which there among stood gazing, filled were with rueful tine, and secret fear to see their fatal fine. All suddenly they heard a troublous noise that seemed some perilous tumult to design, confused with women's cries and shouts of boys, such as the troubled theatre's oft-times annoys. Thereat the champions both stood still apace, to weeten what that sudden clamour meant. Lo, where they spied with speedy whirling pace, one in a chariot of strange firmament, towards them driving like a storm outsent, the chariot decked was in wondrous wise, with gold and many a gorgeous ornament, after the Persian monarch's antique guise, such as the maker self could best by art devise. And drawn it was, that wonder is to tell, of two grim lions taken from the wood, in which their power all others did excel. 
now made forget their former cruel mood to obey their rider's hest as seemed good and therein sat a lady passing fair and bright that seemed born of angels brood and with her beauty bounty did compare whither of them in her should have the greater share thereto she learned was in magic lear and all the arts that subtle wits discover having therein been trained many a year and well instructed by the fay her mother that in the same she far excelled all other who understanding by her mighty art of the evil plight in which her dearest brother now stood came forth in haste to take his part and pacify the strife which caused so deadly smart and as she passed through the unruly press of people thronging thick her to behold her angry team breaking their bonds of peace great heaps of them like sheep in narrow fold for hast did overrun in dust enrolled that through rude confusion of the rout some fearing shrieked some being harmed howled some laughed for sport some did for wonder shout and some that would seem wise their wonder turned to doubt in her right hand a rod of peace she bore about the which two serpents were unwound entrailed mutually in lovely lore and by the tails together firmly bound and both were with one olive garland crowned like to the rod which maeus son doth wield wherewith the hellish fiends he doth confound and in her other hand a cup she held the which was with nepenthe to the brim of field nepenthe is a drink of sovereign grace devised by the gods for to assuage heart's grief and bitter gall away to chase which stirs up anguish and contentious rage instead thereof sweet peace and quiet age it doth establish in the troubled mind few men but such as sober are and sage are by the gods to drink thereof assigned but such as drink eternal happiness do find such famous men such worthies of the earth as love will have advanced to the sky and there made gods though born of mortal birth for their high merits and great dignity are wont before they may to heaven fly to drink hereof whereby all cares forepast are washed away quite from their memory so did those old heroes hereof taste before that they in bliss amongst the gods were placed much more of price and of more gracious power is this than that same water of arden the which rinaldo drunk in happy hour described by that famous tuscan pen for that had might to change the hearts of men from love to hate a change of evil choice but this doth hatred make in love to bren and heavy heart with comfort doth rejoice who would not to this virtue rather yield his voice at last arriving by the list's side she with her rod did softly smite the rail which straight flew ope and gave her way to ride eftsoons out of her coach she gan avail and pacing fairly forth did bid all hail first to a brother whom she loved dear that so to see him made her heart to quail and next to campbell whose sad rueful cheer made her to change her hue and hidden love to peer they lightly her requit 
for small delight they had as then her long to entertain and eft them turned both again to fight which when she saw down on the bloody plain herself she threw and tears gan shed amain amongst her tears immixing prayers meek and with her prayers reasons to restrain from bloody strife and blessed peace to seek by all that unto them was dear did them beseek but when, as all might not with them prevail, she smote them lightly with her powerful wand, then suddenly, as if their hearts did fail, their wrathful blades down fell out of their hand, and they, like men astonished, still did stand. Thus whilst their minds were doubtfully distraught, and mighty spirits bound with mightier band, her golden cup to them for drink she wrought, whereof full glad for thirst each drunk and hearty drought of which so soon as they once tasted had, wonder it is the sudden change to see. Instead of strokes, each other kissed glad, and lovely hulsed from fear of treason free, and plighted hands for ever friends to be. When all men saw this sudden change of things, so mortal foes so friendly to agree, for passing joy which so great marvel brings, they all gan shout aloud that all the heaven rings. All which, when gentle Canacee beheld, in haste she from her lofty chair descended, to weet what sudden tidings was befelled, where when she saw that cruel war so ended and deadly foes so faithfully affriended, in lovely wise she gan that lady greet, which had so great dismay so well amended, and entertaining her with curtsies meet, professed to her true friendship and affection sweet. Thus when they all accorded goodly were, the trumpets sounded, and they all arose, thence to depart with glee and gladsome cheer, those warlike champions both together chose, homeward to march, themselves there to repose, and wise Cambina, taking by her side fair Canacee, as fresh as morning rose, unto her coach remounting home did ride, admired of all the people, and much glorified. Where making joyous feast their days they spent in perfect love, devoid of hateful strife, allied with bands of mutual couplement, for Triamond had Canacee to wife, with whom he led a long and happy life, and Campbell took Cambina to his fair, the which as life were each to other leaf. So all alike did love and loved were, that since their days such lovers were not found elsewhere. End of Canto Three, Book Four, The Legend of Campbell and Telemond.